0: usually when we have a problem that is circumstantial we are facing the reality of life when we have a problem that is chronic we are facing the reality of ourselves let that sink in for a second if there is something that you have been struggling with over and over and over again in your life hello besties welcome back to another episode of cats chats and coffee podcast it's girl live we got alex here and we are back in the studio ready for another episode it's been a couple weeks it has
1: (laughs) have you guys missed us yeah
0: i mean if you guys didn't hear on our last episode we are doing bi-weekly episodes now instead of weekly um but yes this is our first one back since since then. Yeah,
1: we'll have to try to not to say like, oh, in last week's episode. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. In two weeks ago's episode.
1: Honestly, but we're gonna do it for the foreseeable future until we kind of decide to go back to the weekly episodes, maybe just for the the summer for the season. Yeah. Um, But yeah, until then, just keep your eye out for our upcoming episodes we're so excited to be here as usual yep. and we have a like we say in every episode we have a very, a very good one. <laughs> topic today and yep. I think you guys will really like
0: it yeah no I agree I think it's a really really good one um before we kind of get into today's topic let's do our coffee feature real yeah, quick absolutely. though yeah absolutely let's go yeah, it's not Starbucks this time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we decided to go to Uncommon Ground. Um, so this one is downtown Halifax, kind of in the South End area. I think it's on South Park Street is mm-hmm. the name of the street. Um, so yeah, really good spot. I live pretty close to that one. So this is a pretty common one for me to go to. And It's I- pretty uncommon, actually. <laughs> Did you guys get that on <laughs> Common Grounds? <Yeah. laughs>
1: I had to throw that one in. You the just amount of times
0: <laughs> when I'm texting people, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Common Grounds. And they're like, uh-huh, on Common Grounds. And well, I'm like, "Yeah, funny. you know what? It is what it is. But, yeah, I decided to get a double iced Americano today. I switched it up a little bit and decided to get toffee crunch sweetener instead of just, like, vanilla or caramel. Because I'm usually such a basic gal. But, yeah, I got that with some oat milk and it's it's pretty good i like it a little bit better than like my normal flavoring so oh
1: that's good yeah i was gonna ask you how that's switching it up from your typical flavor it's good yeah yeah i think toffee nut would be something i really like it kind of reminds me of like a score bar well that's what i was
0: hoping it was gonna give yeah because i'm a score was it really really
1: sweet compared to what you're used to
0: definitely not and i actually got two pumps instead of just like one and a half this time so i'm happy it wasn't like too sweet yeah yeah what did you get alex i don't
1: know what'd you get me mocha yeah a cafe mocha yeah yeah so I started drinking cafe mochas caramel macchiatas and cafe mochas to like switch me into drinking coffee when I was in university that Mm. was like my gateway drug (laughs) it's a good transition yeah so (laughs) yeah um but yeah it was good it was okay it's I find that it's very similar to a lot of the other coffee shops that we go to if I don't get anything unique or specific if it's just their basic
0: menu item they all kind of taste really similar it's just not like particular to your taste buds I guess and
1: I think specifically speaking the type of Chocolate, whether if it's a powdered chocolate or a syrup yeah. or a pump of chocolate, like for the hot flavoring, chocolate part, yeah, for the hot chocolate part, like if it's a dark chocolate or if it's a milk type chocolate, if it's white chocolate, whatever, it really does play a role in the flavor of the coffee and then Absolutely. the type of beans. So today's one was okay, it was good. I'll probably rate it like a seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. And I think what threw me off, which again, it's funny because this is a great thing that we have cardboard instead of plastic cups mm. yeah the um, lid on her hot lid coffee is, is yeah, a cardboard a one. cardboard lid it's quite thick so it's a little bit confusing for my mind to think <laughs> kind of a cardboard <laughs> lid than like a typical plastic one that's yeah. thinner like yeah. think about how thin the Tim Hortons ones well used I feel to like be. it's
0: like soaking up the it is
1: soaking it up so yeah. I mean I love the environment so let's keep the cardboard but it keep in mind that it could change The the flavor changed the way that you're drinking your coffee, but...
0: Yeah, I would say mine was probably, like, an 8 out of 10. I've definitely, like, Nero Espresso. I just preferred their Iced Americanos. They've been, like, probably one of my favorites so far. Um, Uncommon Ground is still pretty good. I actually... They have pretty good cold brew there as well. I don't yeah. know why I didn't get that this morning. But, yeah,
1: and yeah. we've been there a couple times. The vibe is good. Oh, yeah, tell. it's a
0: wicked spot for, like, studying or working out of. Even this morning, I was there at, like, 8, and there was, like, maybe three people in the whole place. So I was like, this nice. is very open. Yeah, that's good. Um, Today's episode, we briefly touched on this topic back in episode 7. We talked, we just nicked it a little bit. Self-sabotage <laughs> is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, so yeah, previously talking about that, it's something that I am very passionate about. It's a heavy topic, but it's just very prominent in so many people's lives. And I kind of feel like it's one of those ones that gets brushed under the rug, right? Because it's, it's about you. It's self, self self-sabotage. Um, but yeah, we are going to get into that one, um, we figured we would chat a little bit about, like, our weekend. We had Yeah, let's
1: talk about what happened this past weekend. We had a
0: fun weekend for us. We don't usually do a lot on the weekends, so it was good. Yeah, last week, or I guess not, well, yeah, last week was my birthday. Saturday was my birthday, so we, it worked out well. We actually went out for dinner on my birthday. We went to Press Gang, Mm -hmm. um... Us and a couple of our girlfriends. Yeah, it was yeah. super fun. Yeah, it was nice to get out. Yeah, it was. We, I think we needed that really bad because we've honestly, like, the only time we see each other, not the only time, but, like, we get together most often For to work. do podcast yeah. work and stuff. So, yeah, so it just kind of took away, like leisure hobby time a little bit yeah so. it kind of
1: is like the open season for summertime when we get into you know the warmer weather and we can dress up and you know you don't have to go out in boots and heavy winter coats you yeah. can kind of wear your jean jackets or your leather jackets yeah. and feel a little bit more like excited for the season and upcoming exciting things to do on the weekends yeah yeah, yeah. go no, outside for sure. yeah it's nice to get ready I feel like I wear sweatpants <laughs> every day or athletic wear every day. Every so day, having man. an
0: excuse to dress up and feel pretty is is super fun. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, super. We celebrated so much. We had a great time. We got I got the oysters. You did. You got the charcuterie board. Yeah, cheese which, plate. Yeah, it was that was a fancy one?
1: It was really. And I mean, I'm not really supposed to be eating cheese and gluten, but it's still super delicious. Like it mm-hmm. was. Perfect for like an individual size, actually. It was. I mean, actually. you could totally share it. Obviously, yeah. like it's an
0: appetizer. But it's not like an outrageous size. Yeah, it was Just
1: on like, like one of those individual square boards. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't too overwhelming. The only thing I didn't like on it was the chicken liver. I gave it to one of our other friends. <sighs> yeah. um, but it was like a couple different cheeses, like Brie, a couple Christinis. Um, a few little meats and nuts and carrots and things like that. So
0: it was really yummy. Yeah, it had lots of flavors to it. Yeah, I'm not good. a
1: seaweed person. Press King is really, like, there is from the sea and from the land. Yeah. Um, but it is mostly it's an known oyster bar. for its oysters, yeah, so. which I don't eat. Um, But, yeah, it was nice to see something like that on the menu that I could enjoy. And, yeah, yeah it was yummy.
0: Yeah, I am a seafood slut. (laughs) Truly. I could have just went oyster after oyster all night. Chuck those oysters. No, (laughs) I ain't shucking them. I just want to slurp on that. Yeah, no, it was great. We had a great time there. Um, our server was awesome. Yeah, she's she was awesome. She was great, and she's also a fellow tourist. I actually think it's like her birthday probably today. T- today. Is it today? No, Tuesday. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so today. it's to Tuesday today yeah. for us. You guys yeah. will be hearing this on Thursday. Yeah. But yeah, happy birthday to our server. Yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> has no funny. idea, but yeah. yeah, it was great. And then afterwards we went to a new place actually. It's called Walters. Yeah. I think they just called it walters halifax yeah i don't think there was anything else to i name. have no idea i think it's just walters yeah so like i said it's a new spot one of our friends actually is the bar manager there so we went to like check it out and cute cute spot like super nice yeah. loved it um the drinks were great the cocktails were great um the only thing is they don't have like i don't think they're on google maps yet they don't even have like their location on like instagram and stuff like that like they are very still very new yeah, so it I might be a it's little been just
1: a month that they had opened yeah yeah and they're on Barrington
0: Street Barrington Street yeah I don't even remember like what they're by but they're we we're pretty tipsy at this point yeah we they're there. at
1: the end uh, not the opening to Halifax, like, at the beginning of Barrington, it's, like, more towards the end if you were to head towards, like, Spring Garden or
0: uh-huh. the, I think yeah. the Marriott. I don't remember. But, yeah,
1: it's... It, was... it wasn't
0: a far walk from Press Gang. It was, like, no. five minutes yeah, for us, which was minutes.
1: nice. But, yeah, the vibe is really, like, classy, a little bit more mm. high-end, and you can see the entire restaurant from standing in any directions. Like, it's yeah. quite small.
0: The bar is, like, the very focal point, and then there's a few yeah. seating around it. There's a lot of, like, bar seating, and yeah. then there's, like, a bunch of random tables, but there's more so bar seating than...
1: Similar vibe to, like, the old Hermitage that just shut down, I think.
0: Yeah, it did look a lot like that. That was kind of the... cute. Yeah, Yeah. and a
1: nice little group of guys. Not little group, but there was, like, four or five of them, but they sent over uh, a Pop-Tart for (laughs) A toaster strudel, yeah. (laughs) It was, like, toaster strudel meets Pop-Tart for her birthday, which was really sweet. That was sweet. Uh, Very, very polite guys, which
0: was really nice. They watched me... Drop a full. I knocked an entire fresh (laughs) cocktail of Alex's on myself. I had a nice hot pink dress on for my birthday, and just completely soaked my lap.
1: (laughs) I I don't even know how you did it. You came back from the bathroom, and I think I got up. Yeah, because I got up, and you like jumped into the booth. Yeah, and like bounced
0: because it was like a corner.
1: Yeah, yeah, so and good. I
0: was trying to scooch in, and yeah, I think my hair, like the way that I like whipped in there, my hair like poured the drink onto my lap so entirely. Crazy, but My yeah. toes were soaked. My shoes were sticky. Yeah,
1: it's okay because I it got was another fine. drink,
0: which is good. Yep, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think I handled that well. <laughs> the I Chronicles of
1: Live when she's drinking for
0: her birthday. <sighs> yeah, <it> doesn't <laughs> take much to get me a little tipsy, but That's funny. yeah, we thought we would share that with you guys. Just give a little update on like where we're at, because. Yeah, I mean, two weeks are going to go by every time before you hear yeah, these well, episodes. Now, more
1: to talk about each week, I think? I'm mm-hmm. um, not trying to like be like, oh, I did nothing this weekend, <laughs> so I'm going to share the nothingness of my weekend. Yeah. But I think, you know, any types of new movies or shows or things that we're hearing, like we want to share that with you guys as well, uh, get you more involved. Keeping the loop. What's going on, and uh, yeah, and then we'll get right into, I think, today's topic, right?
0: Yeah, so yeah, just a brief little, so we are going to talk about self-sabotage today. So I'm sure you guys if you saw our Instagram posts already uh, May is very commonly known as mental health month in some places of the world So I mean self-sabotage is very much on that trend So we thought that just for the month of May we'll have obviously another episode that'll go out before the end of May and It'll probably be very similar on a similar topic as well But yeah, so kind of the thing that brought up today's topic for me I know that I mentioned we talked about it previously in episode 7 but also I recently had um one of my subscribers actually sent me a gift and it happened to be a book that was on like one of my wish lists that I've been like so desperate on getting in my hands and I've just you know when you got a ton of books and you gotta get through the ones you have first before you go buying yourself a new one. So the book is called The Mountain Is You and it's by Brianna West. Mm-hmm. So this has literally been probably my Amazon wish list since like 2019 like Mm. it's been there for years and Mm -hmm. I just never had an opportunity to read it and I think subconsciously I knew that I was struggling with self-sabotage self-sabotage more than I wanted to like actually confirm my for myself so yeah I just recently got the book and I'm only a few chapters in me and Alex actually just kind of we're kind of doing like a book club right now reading the book at the same time we are not through it whatsoever but it's yeah stirring the brain up a lot
1: yeah I think the we the funny thing is 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 Liv was like I started reading this new book and like two seconds when she said that I went to my bookshelf we were on a zoom call for Mm -hmm. one of our meetings and I like pulled it out of my bookshelf and I was like you're gonna call me out and tell me to read this now aren't you I've got this but I'm not (laughs) (laughs) ready. and it was so funny because the first thing I said after I read like chapter one was oh my god I feel like this book is calling me
0: out even just like the intro or like the back of the book I was like Ooh, okay, girl, don't yeah. hold back. Yeah. Like, and I think sometimes with these like self help books, it can be mm-hmm. really
1: hard to dive in because we are going to be talking about these themes today. But you know, taking that next step, mm-hmm. acknowledging, opening up. Literal, the literal and metaphorical book of whatever yeah. it is that you have to deal with can be challenging. Just start
0: with the first page. And yeah. I am
1: like a, as we all know, I'm like 120% kind of girl. So like I have like four other books on the go right now. I have like two in Audible, two on my, <laughs> my bedside table. And now I've started this one. And so I also have to take into consideration is like focusing really on that one book or what I want to read that is prevalent to my life at the moment. Because if yeah. not, I'm just going to be reading all this stuff and like not really taking it
0: all because well, you want to be able to actively use it in the yeah. moment that you're learning and reading about it yeah
1: so these types of books i think you really need to just like set everything else aside put everything else on pause and like yeah. dive in so i actually started like live saw today i actually have half the book like highlighted mm-hmm. uh with the the points that really were resonating and, and valid valuable to me
0: so yeah. um we're going to be lot. sharing those today with you guys Yeah, for sure. Um, Just a quick preface before we get into, so we split this one up into three parts, which we'll kind of go into each part, but just a quick preface. We obviously are not health, mental health care practitioners in any way. We're not therapists. We are not, we are just two girlies who have experienced a lot of trauma and a lot of our own personal experiences. And yeah, we're just talking about topics and sharing stuff that we've researched and learned about through our own personal experiences and the research we've done to share with you guys as well. But I just want to share that. So no one's like, we're not going to cure yeah. your depression or your anxiety or anything. It's just
1: starting the conversation.
0: Yeah. Sharing what Opening works up for us. Opening doors. What didn't work
1: for us. You guys take what you want from it. Um, yeah. And also, like, we, we're going to end off with a few book recommendations. Yeah. Uh, this one definitely is going to be on the list. And uh, if you saw it on TikTok or on Instagram or it came across your Amazon or you were walking into chapters or in Indigo and saw it, like, one of these things are, are you can definitely pick it up and, mm-hmm. and try and see if you like it. It's it's not a hard read, which it's is really quite good. quite a small book, too, and um, like
0: very spaced out, which yeah. is nice.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, so let's just get right in. Are we ready to go? Let's go. Awesome. Okay, so the first section here we're going to talk about is like we Liv mentioned this. We're talking about self-sabotage today. But what does that actually mean? Like what is self-sabotage? Mm-hmm. And how does that... Appear in our lives, and what does it like? How does it show up, and why does it show up? Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll just dive in right here. Basically, what we're talking about is self sabotage was always considered a product of self hatred, it was considered a product of self hatred, but Mm -hmm. let's be clear, it isn't, it's a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes when we think about self sabotage, it's not usually the first thing we go to, we go to I feel insecure. I don't have confidence. I'm lacking the drive or the willpower and all these other things, but we're not taking into consideration that all of these things that we're doing, all of these actions, all of these behaviors are actually representing self-sabotage. The umbrella term, Mm. the overarching theme here is self-sabotage and being able to um, do things as coping mechanisms for other things that we'll talk about. Uh, so self-sabotage is basically creating, uh, opportunities to stay comfortable when we are afraid Mm -hmm. or
0: when we are, um, unsure or unfamiliar with an outcome well think of like a coping mechanism you usually reach for a coping mechanism when you're uncomfortable when you're like in a state of change maybe being pushed outside your comfort zone and a lot of those specific things like you're gonna feel this change whenever you're growing whenever you're like actively moving through something in your life something that may be stagnant or whatnot um But yeah, that moment of when you're, you're not making the changes, you're not moving forward. When it starts to look like self-sabotage, it comes through as like, it's just low drive and low confidence, low motivation for yourself. You might still have that drive to show up for your friends, to show up for your family, but you're voluntarily putting all of those other things in front of yourself when we already know that it should always start within ourselves first. Yeah. We can't fill from an empty cup. We can't help people when we're not helping ourselves first yeah
1: and i think it's easy as individuals for us to put other people's problems and issues first because in a way that's also a distraction from our own issues and problems and we also know that like we are not directly related to the outcome of those other people's issues and problems but when we have to focus on something that is related to us like At the end of the day, we like to project responsibility of our failures onto other things, Mm -hmm. justify why things don't work out for us, rather than introspecting or understanding from a personal level, like, what did I do to contribute to, I guess, with air quotes here, the failure of whatever it was. Or, you know, feeling not good enough and all that stuff. It's, you made me feel this way versus why am I feeling this way? Why is this thing making me afraid? Why do I continue to show up in a way that's not allowing me to succeed in whatever it is that we're speaking about? Whether it's your career, your relationships, uh, you know, your how you take care of yourself and how you show up for yourself. Mm-hmm. It is easier to uh, make excuses for why you're not doing the thing. Of course. Uh, So versus actually going ahead and doing
0: the thing and actually understanding that there is a possible outcome of it not being as perfect as you want. Finding the way to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Like knowing that it's possible, but then working hard enough and like hitting enough closed doors to know that there is an open door somewhere. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Also, one thing I want to add is like oftentimes it can be subconscious. It can be conscious, but it can also be subconscious. And I feel like for people who probably struggle with it, like, it's the most active in their lives or the most prominent, it's probably become a very subconscious thing for you because, you know, habits. Also, just, yeah, think of how easy it is for us to get stuck in our mundane routine of, like, habitual patterns and whatnot. Like, yeah, we get very much stuck on that. Um, And it's also psychological self-harm to a certain extent as well. It's you know, not necessarily feeling the happiest with maybe yourself, the way that you're showing up in life, the way that your life looks. Um, It could be just feeling shameful, guilty, or, you know, upset with yourself about, how you're choosing to show up for yourself that that's a really sad thing when you think about it that you can show up each day for your friends or your family but you can't show up for yourself like that's a really hard realization to come to terms with and yeah it can just be really heavy so that's why i say like oftentimes it's subconscious because yeah. Yeah. Hard it, to come to terms with uh,
1: that. A quote in the book here that I have highlighted says self-sabotage is what happens when we refuse to consciously meet our innermost needs mm-hmm. often because we do not believe we were capable, capable of handling them. So there's the conscious part you were speaking about. Yeah. But then the subconscious part comes from how we act on those so like for me sometimes we sabotage our healing journey by psychoanalyzing our feelings because doing so ensures we avoid actually experiencing them Mm -hmm. so we'll consciously do these things to you know intellectualize or analyze but the subconscious part really wants us to like
0: feel into those feelings but we convince ourselves that was yeah we consciously because i thought about it right we (laughs)
1: consciously act in a way that you know protects us but we subconsciously behave in a way that's going to doesn't not line up right line up to, with that so
0: yeah for sure yeah yeah i think so another thing what does it look like and how does it show up for people because obviously this is going to be very different um and even just like me and alex were talking about this before we got into recording today like my version of self-sabotage although we have a lot of similarities between us like her version of self-sabotage looks very different to my own Mm -hmm. um but yeah so one thing and this one's a very prominent one for me that I struggle with so it can oftentimes make you focus more on the negative it can give you a negative or pessimistic outlook on life Mm -hmm. um and basically In a moment, you would just be more hyper fixated on something that isn't working for you rather than something that is working for you. So something that I struggle with, although I am an extremely grateful person for everything that I have in my life. If I'm not actively working on gratitude, like every single day, I don't have that that feeling doesn't just come up for me very easily. Yeah, I have to actively, yeah, I find my brain tends to look at things and tends to analyze things and to see what's wrong, to see what I need to worry about there, to see what's not working, what I could do differently. And although it's a great thing because it helps me to improve myself, it, you know, you still have to have like not having a positive outlook on life completely affects your entire energy spectrum. Yeah.
1: And that's n- normally a product of how you were raised. It's a product of your experiences growing up, mentors, coaches, parents, friends, you know, our self-talk, things that we've experienced uh, uh creates this vision of either having a, a lens that we look through that's more pessimistic or having more of an optimistic lens, our environmental experiences, you know, if you were told that something is bad, that's kind of an ingrained feeling and thought into your mind. So you carry that throughout your life until you become self-aware enough to recognize that maybe this isn't actually my feeling about the thing. It's just something that was instilled in me. So I'm carrying other people's perceptions of their own experiences. They weren't actually mine. I'm Mm -hmm. holding on to other people's beliefs. And now I have to develop my own beliefs, my own feelings, my own understanding of who and why and where i'm going in this life.
0: Yeah, yeah, no for sure. Yeah, i mean, oftentimes it comes through as like you're you're stuck in fear, stuck in freeze mode, just stuck like stagnant kind of thing. Yeah, that's um, a big
1: one for me. I definitely think that i mean, we all know that fear is the number one fear as a collective in the entire global community is one of the number one drivers of the actions and behaviors that we do as a human race—that mm-hmm. uh, does—it's across everybody. Well, doesn't think matter. Of
0: the natural, like the caveman days. Like we have, um like a fight, flight, or freeze sensation for a reason. Like we had to be hyper focused for our own safety, just purely for survival back then that doesn't just go away because we are okay for the most part. Like we yeah. don't have the a lot of... The environment
1: might change, but the physiological mm-hmm. experiences we come that from come from and... our body will stay the same. Our reactions yeah. to a stimulus that is, you know, 40% fear, like the snakes, everyone's afraid of snakes. We talked about that in the last episode with Liv being afraid of snakes. <laughs> sure am. That comes from a it. biological fear of, you know being killed. But mm-hmm. obviously, most people on average that live in, you know, northern North America, first world, isn't going to encounter a snake on a regular basis. No. But we still have that biological response of being fearful. That's to an external stimuli. That's kind of outside of what we're talking about with the self-sabotage thing. But mm-hmm. it's still relevant to the fact that we
0: as Well, I think it's people, important to know that just no matter what trauma you go through no matter what your upbringing is or no matter what your experience is or what you're susceptible to every single human being is going to have this natural genetic build to them which is going to it's going to heighten us looking for something to be fearful of in our yeah. life. It's going to heighten our awareness for survival. Keeping, like that's just, yeah, yeah. we
1: want to, well, our body is about staying safe above anything else. We aren't built for happiness. We are built for safety and self. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's when you are wanting to be like, Oh my God, I can't even think of it. <sighs> Like self-satisfaction or no, something? I'll figure it
0: out after. But <laughs> we'll come back anyway, <laughs> yeah, we want to be able to be safe is at the end of the day, basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, to just kind of lay out a few more ways that this can kind of show, show up for people, like different ways, because we're kind of just talking about the one, like, yeah, the first few that come up for us. Self-preservation okay so that's it that's it so glad you got <laughs> <Somebody> that one <laughs> else is
1: screaming self-preservation probably <laughs> and now they're like their their anxiety is gone because i got it yeah. yeah i'm glad you got An that for self-preservation not happiness yeah yes
0: no that's very true that's funny um yeah so just some other ways that'll show up for people and kind of like listen in on these because some of these might be very like presentable for you and some you might not even be aware of yet So some strong feelings of low self-esteem. So these are, these kind of all go hand in hand, imposter syndrome and perfectionism. So Mm. I'm, everyone probably has heard these other terms and we will definitely like dive further into these topics because they're prominent in both of our lives, but also something that we've like struggled with and actively have worked through over the years. Um, But it it makes sense, right? Like low self-esteem, if even with like imposter syndrome, you don't think you're worthy of success. You don't think you're worthy of this specific life. You don't think you're worthy to be trauma-free or have a happy life. Perfectionism, like you have these unrealistic expectations of yourself. You're constantly going to be let down. You're you're self-sabotaging yourself by having these extreme expectations. Like just for me, for example, I will put like an inhumane amount of things on my plate. And then when I actually can't meet those goals or can't achieve those extremely high expectations I set for myself, I'll have the feelings of guilt, shame, failure, whatever. And then I'll take a step back and be like, okay, but was it ever actually humanly possible for you to meet those yeah. expectations? And then that's when you have to get real with yourself and be like, no, I'm I'm self-sabotaging by setting up these...
1: Yeah, it's crazy
0: easy to
1: create uh, a pattern of justifying why you can't do the hard thing. Mm-hmm. And when you are creating a self-fulfilling prophecy of failure, it's like, well, see, I wasn't going to be able to do it anyway because of this, this, and this. That's one of the whole points But at it. the end of the day, it's basically because you're setting up unrealistic expectations from the very beginning yeah. versus, like, you have this thing that wants, you want to start off by being perfect instead of just doing the thing, like Mm -hmm. just starting it. It's because your brain's confirmation bias works to affirm your pre-existing belief about yourself. And if your pre-existing belief is I'm not good enough or I'm a fraud or I'm going to be found out that I'm actually a shitty person, Mm -hmm. which is our imposter syndrome that, you know, I, I'm going to just, show everybody the true version of myself Mm -hmm. it's we we say on in the world of like psychology and and that is that there's like three versions your public self your private self and your secret self and sometimes people are so fearful of people seeing their private self or their secret self that they change their public perception of who they are via being a perfect perfectionist people pleaser all the things that we do Um, in order not to be quote-unquote found out.
0: Yeah, and I think... So that kind of ties into the next point is comparison of self to others. So this, exactly how she was just saying, like, you, if you are... And social media, we already know, is, like, awful for this. It's a highlight reel. You're going to look at that and you're constantly going to be comparing to the best parts of people's lives. The fake like exasperated parts of people's lives. You don't see when they're at home struggling, you don't see like what their finances look like or their health, or you don't see any of these behind the scenes things. But yeah, so that's a very similar thing. Like putting yourself up on a pedestal, trying to make yourself look better. Like everyone else is doing on social media, like trying to come across as more successful or you've got your shit together or you're happier than you are or whatever that is. Like, yeah, that just, it's not going to help. It's going to be a vicious cycle
1: Yeah. I think we can kind of like hammer through these next few as well. Um, Meeting goals and never celebrating or never following through to meet the goals. Mm. That's a big one. I think, you know, yeah, I think it's easy for us to not want to celebrate the goal because even if you achieve the goal, there's always going to be that part of you. Well, yeah, that says, there's the end goal. Right. right. It's never good enough. Better. There's something better. It's yeah. the journeyer. We're going to keep looking. We're going to keep trying to like it's same similar to me. as like I've talked about this before. I have this belief that I need to work. Like once I fix one thing, what's the next thing? What's the yeah. next thing? I don't take stock or, or think that, you know, things that we do are not worth celebrating because they're not good enough. They're still not what I wanted it to be. It might've been 80% versus a hundred percent of what I wanted. Or it's
0: step one of step 10, Right. it's like, that's the first step of the 10 step process. You can't get to step two if you don't start. And also like, By the time you get to 10, are you going to feel great if you didn't celebrate every single step on the way there? Probably not. You're going to get to 10 and be like, well, look how far 100 is. I'm never going to make that kind of thing. When in reality, every single one of those steps is an opportunity to celebrate yourself, to reaffirm to yourself, like, I'm I'm doing great. Um, Yeah, so pushing people away, starting fights, relationships, uh, or just in general being emotionally closed off. So just... A quick example to explain this one. If you're not happy, are you going to go out in the world and be a really positive influence on other people's days? Absolutely not. How many times have you been having a bad day and you snapped at like a customer service or... Flip someone off driving or snapped at your partner or your friend or whatever it is like we already know if we're not happy and content in our lives we are taking that exact energy out into the world and we're sharing that so yeah it's gonna affect your close relationships it's probably gonna instigate fights or you might be more sensitive to people saying things to you that you wouldn't always be so it's just important to know that this is going to heavily weigh on like your emotional regulation.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that when people think of self-sabotage, it's often related to relationships. Mm. Like, oh, I always self-sabotage my my boyfriend or my girlfriend or or my partners, And it's either they're not recognizing that There's a root cause. Like, Mm. why am I doing this? Why do I continue this pattern? Is it because I'm not actually speaking up for my needs, for my boundaries? Do I not actually like this person so I'm trying to find an easier out Mm -hmm. versus, like, facing the reality of actually communicating those things to the person? Because if you try to fix the problem on the surface level you will always come up against a
0: wall. Oh yeah.
1: You're never going to have the actual root cause solved and you're going to repeat that pattern relationship after relationship because you're seeking the same type of people to keep you comfortable in that same space because you're not ready to actually face what's really bothering you.
0: Absolutely. And that touches back on the subconscious point of this. is like a lot of this is just happening. It's habitual. It's routine for us and we don't even realize. But if you start to notice like the same types of partners over and over again keep coming into your life or the same types of like unhealthy friendships or something, like that is probably a reflection of you and what you're attracting and pulling in.
1: So the last few that we're going to go over here is procrastination and poor time management. Uh, We often do this because we believe things are going to take longer or things are going to be harder than they actually Mm -hmm. are. So instead of just diving in and starting it or doing the necessary steps that we need to to Mm -hmm. go and actually get the task done we put it off we put it off we put it it off and prolong it because it's more comfortable it's easier to stay in that freeze mode that Liv had been mentioning
0: earlier than actually just starting the task or it's even the avoidance of like that self-awareness knowing you've been doing something that has been sabotaging yourself yeah and we make excuses
1: like it's too hard it's I'm exhausted. I don't feel well, X, I Y, Z. Time. I don't have time. Biggest one. <laughs> and I think procrastination is a big thing that shows up in our everyday lives. I know it's one of my biggest things that I do to self-sabotage. Yeah, me too. Um, and the next one here is impulsive decisions or repeating our mistakes, patterns, and situations. And we do that because we understand the outcomes of past experiences that we had so mm-hmm. we can foresee and know that I was saying to Liv earlier that it's, um, an anticipated uncomfortableness yeah. is I've, I know I'm going to eat this piece of cheese. That's going to make my stomach hurt because I anticipate being uncomfortable. I'm, ex- I'm, I've experienced that before I'm used to it. Yeah. Or I'm going to go back to this guy who abuses me or hurts me or uses me for sex because I you know, I already know that this is his ex- expectation out of me. Yeah. That's all it's I'm going to get from him. Like a control thing, right? Yeah, you are controlling, controlling the outcome. outcome. Yeah. If it's going to fail, at least it's going to be in a way that we've already can anticipate or be uncomfortable. Yeah. Or sorry, we've not uncomfortable it with. Um, familiar is the yes. word. I'm, I'm familiar with this uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. So that way I know I've gotten through it before so I can get through it again.
0: Yeah. Uh, and lastly here... Um, It's just temporary relief. Uh, It's It's kind of like the instant gratification that goes with like social media or like, I don't know, like how people just, we're not, as society, we're not very good at like the prolonged gratification. We want something that hits us right now, right? It's like immediate dopamine. Yeah. So it's like, oh, if I have this goal that I can't achieve right now or I have this desire that I can't achieve right now, then I'm just going to avoid it. I'm going to procrastinate and not even bother with it because it's not instant and Yeah. Yeah. Immediate. Okay. Um, to get into part two, we are going to kind of explain like where self-sabotage comes from, what it kind of stems from, how it might manifest. Uh, we kind of, we did briefly mention a few of these things already in part one, but we'll just briefly go through them and yeah, share as much as we can with you guys. So as Alex mentioned, like the number one thing that that this stems from is an irrational fear. And the reason I say instead of just fear is irrational fear is because, Oftentimes it's, it's not even logical. We convince ourselves, like Alex was just saying, things are going to be harder or it's going to take longer time or that we're not actually capable of doing that. How many times have you procrastinated or avoided, I don't know, starting a business or maybe it was learning a new skill or learning a new language or whatever it happened to be, cook a new meal, whatever it happened to be for you. When you actually follow through with that, does it ever actually end up being as hard as you convince yourself it's going to be? Nine times out of 10, no. You probably enjoy the process a little bit more. You maybe learn something out of it. Takes less time. You feel great. I know that's one that happens to me all the time. I will procrastinate going outside for my walk or doing the meditation. I, I tell myself I'll meditate every day and then I end up doing it like once a week. But that one time that I do it, it feels great. Mm-hmm. So it's irrational fears. It's it's not even something that... yeah is logical to be like, you know, that you can actually talk yourself out of it with common sense.
1: Similar to our episode on overthinking is we're always going to think the worst outcome Mm. or the outcome that is, you know, the extreme version of the potential outcome. Like it's going to cost us this, it's going to cost us our friends, our family, the way I feel about myself. My whole life is going to change. I'm not going to know xyz and you know i've created and established this version of myself what does this new version look like that i'm unfamiliar with like we were just saying so yeah no exactly yeah um self-sabotage where does it how does it manifest uh deep thoughts and beliefs that we have about ourselves or the world around us Mm. the example here is if you were instilled by your parents that all rich people are are bad. Uh, money is not a good thing to have. Uh, therefore, I can't be rich, or I'll be a bad person if I become rich. Or people are not going to like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more successful I get, the more lonely I'm going to be. All these things. Yeah.
0: So, although, and then we start looking for ways to affirm these beliefs. The self fulfilling are... prophecy. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So,
1: just because someone else had a belief of money being a bad thing that they're telling you, and you walk through life thinking money's a bad thing you're going to find ways to actually justify that belief and clarify that that's how you feel about the world. Even if you don't realize it. (laughs) Yeah. Like the subconscious belief of that, you don't know where it comes from and that's fine, but it is working on understanding if you have a trigger or you have a negative feeling is instead of reacting and acting like you normally would, is taking that step back and Mm -hmm. understanding where this belief came from
0: absolutely and i think another way that this can show up as well is like those could be like negative things that we think about ourselves so similarly is like money is bad or rich people are bad we could think like i am unintelligent or i'm not a smart person or i'm not a creative person i know for me like those two not being smart and creative those were two things that i told myself for like all through school all through college i just never thought i was street start street smart school smart, anything. And I I would tell people that I took Mm. on that label and identity. And I completely believed it to be true until all of a sudden, I think it was actually you and like one other friend who've told me like how intelligent I am or how like just the way that I say things or yeah, like the knowledge that comes up, like yeah I've just had some friends recently You're in my life
1: smarter than you think
0: yeah and you know what I'm way more creative than I ever thought yeah. I was. so you just
1: need to give yourself an opportunity to express that and it's again not being afraid to mm-hmm. try different outlets of creativity Absolutely. to find that works for you like they say Steve Jobs and um, Elon Musk and all these celebrities are they failed 15, 20, 30 times before they actually found the thing that works for them. But the
0: reason they're talked about and we're talking about them in a podcast is because they kept trying or they would come to a closed door or fail at something and they would pick themselves back up and try again or they Mm -hmm. would try something else. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely a big one for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, your life and the way it manifests is a reflection of how you feel about yourself, which we've kind of mentioned, which was created by piecing together inputs and influences from people throughout your life. is kind of like what we were saying earlier about yeah. if we had coaches, mentors, your friends, your, your mom or dad, um, their beliefs are being inputted into you and mm-hmm. the way that you look through the world. So you're taking on somebody else. It's like wearing another person's pair of
0: glasses. Absolutely. We you don't know, have like, especially as kids, we have our parents, right. Or whoever our guardians, whoever that is for us, like we like we're under our development stages we don't really have a choice we don't have we don't know any better. idea what we're learning is maybe not true or is harmful to us or anything like that we for the longest time i actually didn't even know that there was like pretty significant parts of my childhood that were severely traumatic and that i formed PTSD from that like I didn't even I thought that was normal ch- I thought that was everyone's childhood kind of thing but the thing is is like we don't know any different especially at our younger like susceptible ages but then think when you go through school like your teachers Alex said coaches like you were big into basketball I know that has a heavy effect on you I was huge into figure skating like where do you think the perfectionism came and that was probably similar for years as well but yeah it's like these people influence us throughout our lives even nowadays like we're full grown adults, but now it's our, our friends or it's the people that we, we meet on the streets or even social media is going to have a huge influence on us. Yeah.
1: I use the metaphors. Like we walk through life with a backpack and Mm. we are picking up, let's say everyone's different biases, limiting beliefs, projections of ourselves. And they're like rocks. And we're putting all of these different people who that influence us, that usually are important to us relationships that Mm. mean something. And we put those, limiting beliefs or those biases or those opinions into our backpack. And we carry this weight around us and it's invisible and we don't know. So when you start to heal, it's scary because you've been used to this kind of almost like a hug, like a comfort of this weight that's been on you. And it's, it's unfamiliar to be able to remove each of these limiting beliefs and start to become free of of what you know and what you were used to all of your life. And that's a scary thing for anybody to not know the kind of person they will be when they're not carrying
0: this backpack around every day. And it becomes like a a safety blanket kind of. Like, yeah, especially like whatever traumas you experience like at a young age, like that stuff sits with you into your adulthood like way longer than you realize unless you actually do active work to like move through that. Um, I think there was one more point you want to make about the upper limit, right? Yeah, so I one thing that I've learned in
1: my journey of healing specifically for my own personal experience is um, being a an anxious person or being a high functioning anxiety type of, like human being, yeah. is that my brain is used to being stressed. Mm. My brain, whether it's been in work or in my relationships, is used to be on high alert. Yeah, And so, and that also comes with trying to heal from burnout and yeah, when you slow down burnout. and like even COVID played a massive role, it like forced a lot of people to start healing and realizing that, okay, all these distractions, all these things I have to do, my to-do lists, my deadlines, all these expectations others have of me Mm -hmm. isn't um, a reflection reflection or conducive to my actual way of life and how I want to be. So when you start to heal from burnout, when you start to slow down and you're like not used to these things, not used to being stressed all the time, you find ways to reintroduce stress. that. Yeah. So what, um, what we call that is, is hitting our upper limit. So unfortunately they say that people are not used to being happy, mm. um, being of pure love and joy and, you know, walking through life in an optimistic way. Yes, we can have optimists and pessimists, but at the end of the day, we have a limit that we place subconsciously upon ourselves mm. of what we allow ourselves to be in the limit of happiness. So oh. if we hit that upper limit of happiness, then we immediately say, okay, I've reached my limit. Now I'm going to go back down to being unhappy because yeah. I'm used to living life, seeing life through that lens of being, whether it's pessimistic or you know, angry or fearful or whatever Hurt. that looks like. Yeah, lots um, of things. we won't allow ourselves to find healing because it's uncomfortable for us even to be fully happy. Mm-hmm. So we make reasons to not be happy. We find easier. excuses yeah. to feel what we're used to feeling to self, you know, the self-fulfilling process, prophecies and justifying that this is actually how we're always going to live and no matter what we do it's never going to get better and then of yeah. course
0: it's not because you're not allowing yourself to actually yeah, but that's a full that. that's a state of mind that's a full energy that you vibrate on and it it will stay like that until you actively do the work to change it yeah um so another quote from the book so this one kind of touches on like the irrational fears we were mentioning earlier it would be too scary to actually dwell on the real fear so we project these feelings onto issues or circumstances that are less likely to occur So this is the unrealistic scenarios that we make up in our head. Everything we talked about in our last episode of overthinking and everything. Yeah, it's just it's, it's clear as day. Yeah. (laughs) We just want to remain
1: attached, attached to the old life that we're used to living because it's easier to be miserable, safer,
0: more comfortable than to,
1: to walk around wanting to be the version that we know we should be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then the last part here is overcoming self-sabotage. Obviously Liv has, and I have touched on, you know, what it is, how it manifests, how it shows up in our life, the reasons why we do it. Um, but it's not, every, it's not inevitable. It's not everlasting. There is a way out. Like everything, there is always a possibility to overcome Mm -hmm. and, and find a way to not live these old habits and these old behaviors that we are no longer, that are no longer serving us. Um, some, so some tools to turn, uh, self-sabotage into self-mastery. Um, we must pinpoint The trauma. So a big part um, is finding that root cause that we spoke about. Instead of just glazing over and acting out of our own um, biases and experiences, we actually tune into ourselves, take a step back, and look at learning to release unprocessed emotions, finding healthy alternatives to cope, and meeting our needs and reinventing our self-image and understanding that these old beliefs and these old thought patterns um aren't getting us to the place that we
0: actually want to be. Mhm. They say like the first step to basically healing or working through anything is awareness. So basically where you need to start is you need to find out what are these traumas? What did you go through? What beliefs or narratives did you learn either from your parents growing up, from your friends maybe? Like you need to do a reflection, you need to go back over like your entire timeline and kind of figure out like what are the beliefs that you have about yourself now that are limiting you and where do those come from because this isn't self-sabotage is not just like okay i picked up my journal i have self-sabotage and i just like journal about it today and then you work through it and it's good this is something that will follow you throughout your entire life if you are not actively working against it and it's It's not going to be easy to work against it, but is it easy to be self-sabotaging your life and making yourself miserable the entire time? Not really. Um, So yeah, kind of like the first steps of starting with your trauma is you need to probably get help. You need to outsource uh, and do some introspective work as well. So this can look like a variety of things. We're obviously just kind of going to lay it out for you guys and you guys have to pick and choose what works for you. We can't sit here and tell you like, oh, Jenny at home over there, I see you, Jenny, you need to, you need to do some meditation and journaling. Like we're not going to know what's going to work for you guys. We don't even really know what's going to work a hundred percent for ourselves yet. Like we're still in the middle of like working through this. Yeah. And
1: it's okay to try different things. Yeah. If something doesn't work, it doesn't mean you're failing out that thing. Absolutely, It not. means that there's 15 different more opportunities for you to try something else.
0: Yes. And I think another thing to know is that sometimes these things could work for you for a certain period of time and then yeah, it's okay for them to stop working or for you to have to outsource to something else. So I'm just going to gonna lay them out in a list form. Um, so like working through trauma, the best place to start obviously is therapy. There are countless different types of therapy, talk therapy, CPT, CBT, EMDR. I personally have done EMDR and felt um, that that helped me a lot. So that might be a good one for some people. Um, and then there's other things like breath, breath work, meditation, just basically the practice of being present or... Uh, still in life like that peace because like Alex was saying it's the we don't think that we're like worthy of happiness or we just think everything's supposed to be hard and everything's gonna be miserable having that kind of like negative pessimistic outlook on life so we need to change that the best place to start with that is to calm your mind to to bring peace to it so it goes back to the overthinking like how are you gonna shut down those thoughts you need to breathe you need to become present in this moment and stop dwelling on. The past that is holding you there or the future that is causing you this tremendous anxiety. Um, So yeah, journaling obviously is another one. So you can do some internal shadow work for this as well. I really enjoy doing that. Another thing that is really, really big is body work. So you got to do the inner, you have to do the emotional. You have to find out where these traumas come from. You have to find out what your root feelings are, what the root cause of all of this is. But you also have to actively like process yeah move through that and i think this is something that we as humans have really lost touch with and struggle with more so than anything right now um so that could be a variety of things that could just be a walk in nature for you that could be dancing there are other methods and modalities of literally shaking your body yeah there's like i know some people do like yeah tai chi um, karate taekwondo yeah like there's face tapping, there's acupuncture. I love the pillow
1: fight. Yeah, (laughs) I caught that. Yeah, Yeah, there's
0: (laughs) what I mean by pillow fight, less so like hitting someone else with the pillow (laughs) and like literally fight your own pillow, like throw it on your bed, punch it, like so it basically what it is, is you have all these feelings inside you that you have to release. So think of like anger, sadness, guilt, frustration, loneliness, what like when you decide what feeling it is, what do you need from that? If I was angry, I absolutely want to punch a pillow. If I was sad, I probably want to cry. Maybe listen to a sad song. Yeah. So that's you can blare your music and just sing it out loud or like dance profusely and kind of stupid to it, shake your body, just throw it around. I like to jump up and down sometimes. I find that to be very helpful, but It's probably something that you need to do a little bit more research into. I know another one that a lot of people do is like yoga or just stretching and foam rolling. Think of... Releasing that. um, Stagnant energy from your body. Well, think of any like muscle or pain that you have in your body like... That's probably stemming from trauma or something like... Unprocessed emotions or beliefs about yourself, limiting beliefs and and feelings. Or the specific self-sabotaging, like, tendencies that you have are affecting the way that you show up in the world, which is affecting the way that your body is going to feel. And Mm -hmm. Yeah. Basically, there's a lot more we could go into there, but I hope you guys get the gist of it. There's a wide range of activities that are there for you for your mental health and your physical. And doing exactly what
1: we're doing, which is talking to a friend. Yeah. That's a big one. One as well. I know yeah. that that specifically helps me because I know if I'm alone, it's harder for me to process. So having somebody to externally process the way you're feeling and have them point out and call out. A different perspective, right? Yeah. yeah. One quick thing I want to add that started helping me when I was recognizing, starting to recognize my triggers instead of reacting and starting to look at how do I respond appropriately uh, instead of lashing out or having an angry or limiting belief is like take a, a pad of paper, like a sticky note, or even use your phone and just put bullet points of, mm. like, a moment in your day that might have bothered you. Yeah. And just say, like, so-and-so Bob said this and it bothered me. Or I felt this way in this experience. And just start writing a list of those things. Write your,
0: like, unfiltered feelings and opinions. Yeah, and
1: they can just be bullet points in short point form. Like, mm-hmm. how I, I felt pissed off about this. And then when you are... Feeling okay in a moment where you're yeah, like, let me take reflect. a breather,
0: come back. Yeah,
1: maybe it's at the end of your day, at, at the end of the week, maybe it's the end of the month, and you've collected all these triggers and Ooh, all these feelings, cool. and then you sit down and you read your note, and you you feel into those moments, but you're not in a headspace of being negative, so you're able to like look at that feeling as a cloud passing by or a leaf going down a stream and mm. watching it, understanding it, and then maybe writing some thoughts of the reasons why you may have felt that way. It's really good to do with your partner instead of saying what you want to say or a friend that you want to lash out and say something that you might regret. Mm -hmm. It's like say that thing in your notes and go back to it
0: when you're feeling better so you can actually process it with a clear mind and a clear heart. Yeah no I think that's huge because Yeah. Oftentimes we just kind of get caught up in what the feelings are and that can be tough because we're telling you guys, you need to feel your feelings. You need to process your feelings, but you also need to be mindful that when you are doing this, like don't go take those feelings out on people or don't take them out on yourself kind of thing. The
1: starting is to get real and honest with yourself first. And that's usually the hardest thing. It's like, I'm going to understand, I might intellectualize this, but what Liv was saying with moving the body and and connecting your mind and your body and your your soul and your mind and your body together is like yeah. you can't fully heal unless you use all three. You can't heal your mind Mm. and understand and have all the tools and process it intellectually unless you're feeling it in your body. You can't allow yourself to cry all the time if you're not understanding from an intellectual mind part Mm. why your body feels like shaking and crying and reacting. Yeah. So it all, you need to have all three and connect your mind, body, and soul to be able to fully move past whatever that thing is that you're struggling. It's like the leg and the stool. If you saw that one leg off, you Mm -hmm. fall over. If you don't heal or connect if you just focus
0: on like inner work but you don't focus like the emotional aspect but you don't focus on like the physical side of it or the spiritual like you'll get so far with that but you will notice that you will eventually hit a place and I think that's a really good point because I feel like that is probably where you and I are right now and let's pull back and share a little bit of us here for a minute like I I'm really good at the journaling I'm really good at The analyzing of my emotions, I can pinpoint them. I've actually been doing a lot better at crying. Where I do struggle is the physical. And I think this is just, we weren't taught this. We were never taught that you actually, I just learned like not even that long ago that it takes 90 seconds to release an emotion. Like that's not that long. If you literally just set a timer for 90 seconds and stretched or foam rolled or just literally sat there and rocked back and forth and let yourself cry, like that would... You know what I mean? That would play Mm -hmm. such a bigger role on it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess me and you were kind of at a place where like we're, we're pinging each of them slightly, but we haven't gotten all three pillars yeah. together. We haven't and that, connected
1: those dots.
0: Yeah. And that's just to let you guys know, like we're sharing this, but that obviously doesn't mean that we, we don't have this figured out. Mm-hmm. This is a prominent topic for us because it, it is prominent in both of our lives right now. Yeah.
1: We did talk a little bit about where we're finding in our own personal lives, where we're self-sabotaging, yeah. um, both of us self-sabotage with coping mechanisms of comfortability when it comes to like food, um, or how we're trying, treating our bodies and how we feel we're worthy of our bodies. And I know that there's, we'll get into it eventually like a parts of our stories from, from that perspective. But you know, there we know what we have to do. It's Mm. just, we're not doing the thing because Going over the hill and seeing the other side is like scarier than it actually is. feeling the shitty feeling that we're feeling currently. Um, that yeah. we're looking to actually, funny enough, ironically enough, trying to heal.
0: Yeah, we're holding on to those backpacks you said earlier. Yeah, exactly hooked yeah. onto us. They're we got hooked them like on. latched yeah. on with a lock and everything. Right. So that's
1: kind of going to the next one is just letting go of that past. I have a tattoo on me that I got when I was 18 that says freedom comes when you learn to let go. Mm. Um, and I talked about it in an Instagram post recently. It's like, for me, I live so much in the past. I literally reflect on all of these things that happened to justify or explain why I am the way I am or what happened to get me to this point. And if I'm not happy in this moment, it's easier to blame the past and the past experiences and other people than actually just like let go of that. Okay, today's a new day. What can I do to make tomorrow better? So I'm not repeating the same patterns of the past Mm. that made me feel this way. And I'm just prolonging feeling sad or prolonging being lonely or prolonging the inevitable of staying that like not allowing myself to
0: to surpass my upper limit. Yeah, to do better, to get better, to, like, actually heal yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that that's really a good point. And something else to add to, like, letting go of the past is just letting go of the unrealistic expectations or the specific narrative that you have. Those old beliefs, like, they're not helping you anymore. Move through them, move past them. And one thing I just want to point out is if you are someone who has experienced, like, an extremely traumatic childhood or any extremely traumatic situations experiences throughout your life like I just want you to know there is a strong possibility and likelihood that you've burned a lot of these memories from your brain there might be a lot of parts of your childhood or maybe you were bullied heavily or something like there's going to be a lot of these moments like you're going to burn out those really really painful memories from yourself you're going to ignore but, yeah. almost and like avoid thinking about that. Like them. I said,
1: our body is created for self-preservation and safety than yeah. it is for happiness. So is hand. that helpful
0: to remember that stuff to the brain? No, of course not. Like to the natural human body? No. You're going to constantly be in a state of stress, but that stems back to the physical movement about this is so unbelievably important. If you don't have a physical release, you can dwell on the emotions as much as you want crying is great but I feel like you even need something that works a little bit more for you
1: yeah because in the end your body thinks it's protecting itself by hiding your mind rather that controls your body by hiding those emotions but it actually in the long run is hurting you yeah and it's causing more pain more you know autoimmune issues more behavioral (laughs) issues more mental health issues versus actually like letting and releasing those things go because yes, it's shitty and hard in those moments. Maybe it's months, weeks, years. I don't know how long that could
0: take, it could take a while. but it could
1: save you from the next 30 years yeah. of even
0: more hurt and pain and drama and trauma that also wouldn't you just want like wouldn't you rather live a life knowing oh yeah okay it was hard but i was working towards what i wanted the entire time so that hard is worthwhile because i know that i'm headed in the right direction Mm -hmm. when it's something that we're not working towards it's yeah just a little different so to kind of wrap up like the last few things that you can kind of do for this the biggest thing is just you're gonna have to give yourself time and you're gonna have to give yourself grace and like alex said this could take years like trauma is heavy stuff self-sabotage is not an easy thing to work with
1: Mm -hmm. and if
0: you guys are maybe anything like us like obviously I've heard this before but reading this book right now and us doing this podcast episode is kind of like the kick in the butt that I've needed I've learned about this topic many times over the years, but here I am now 27 and I'm still struggling with similar Mm self-sabotage actions that I have been for most of my adulthood life. Get
1: real with yourself and take responsibility and
0: accept that it's no longer anyone else's problem but your own. Yeah, like you are responsible for changing this. You are responsible for making improvements to your life and your health. Yeah,
1: because you can acknowledge that some person, place or thing, created an opportunity for this negative experience, but you can't continue to blame other people for holding on to those things 10, 15, 20 years later. No, exactly. You have to get to a place where you're saying, okay, I'm ready to do the hard thing. I'm ready to give myself kindness. I'm also ready to res- surround myself with people that can support me during this and exit exit out and remove people who are not going to be there for your best interest at heart yeah and that's another way is getting set yourself up for success by doing a couple of the groundwork things mm-hmm. whether it's le- like quitting a job or leaving a bad relationship so that you yeah. can actually heal in, in an environment that is conducive to your healing with people who genuinely love support and are ready to help Keep you accountable to that healing and be a, a caveat or a, not a caveat, be a, a support system to help remove those rocks from your backpack.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. it, you're not expected
1: to do everything alone in this world. We aren't meant for that
0: either no like humans do need connection and the people closest to you like will be able to help and support you and lift you up for sure um but yeah it's your own responsibility to do that just the same as it is everyone else's own responsibility to do that so the last thing i want to add here and then i'm going to share one more quote Just reminder, you will be challenged countless times over this journey for yourself to go back to your old ways. And it's going to be really tough. And that's probably going to be the hardest thing out of everything. You might get to a point where you feel like you're on a really positive trajectory of like improving your negative habits, your beliefs. And that's amazing. And and cherish that, celebrate that, give yourself grace and gratitude for every second of that. But keep it in in the back of your mind that you are going to struggle time and time again. And you are going to hit rock bottom probably again. We've talked about this before there's the yin, the yang, there's the ups and the downs, like you need to have these lows to be able to come up from them, but yeah, I guess it's just don't be so hard on yourself more so.
1: Well, make space and make rooms for those days as well. If yes. you look at what your journey know looks like, coming. anticipate, like don't have crazy unrealistic excitations or like allow that imposter syndrome or self-sabotage to, to creep in, yeah, but because then you're not healing you're right. doing you're still but doing the damage understanding that it is a process you're human yeah. and it is unraveling and unweaving a web that has been tightly woven for x number of years yeah. and you're not going to wake up tomorrow with it perfect but if it's slightly better than you were the day before even yeah. if you take two steps back and one step forward you're always slightly moving forward to a better place and it will happen one day where you do wake up and you get slapped in the face and you are like, holy shit. <laughs> like maybe it's a year later and you're like, whoa, I didn't even realize how far I've Look come. Look how much I've done. Or Alex yeah. a year ago would have done something completely different and I completely reacted and, or responded in a way that is exactly what I wanted. And I finally did it and didn't even realize I did it because it's now part of my new habit Mm -hmm. and part of the new version and personality. It's becoming a habitual
0: positive It's becoming
1: the replacement energy that's ingrained into our DNA as you've removed and gotten rid of the old stagnant, unserving energy that stayed with you. Um, It is creating a new, basically a new soul a new experience a new energy and i
0: think that's beautiful it is beautiful yeah no i totally agree um okay so last quote and then we will wrap it up for today so this was kind of the quote that hit me where i was like okay this this is this is me this is all me girl like you are your own problem right now (laughs) so here we go usually when we have a problem that is circumstantial we are facing the reality of life when we have a problem that is chronic we are facing the reality of ourselves let that sink in for a second. If there is something that you have been struggling with over and over and over again in your life, for me, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay it out. I really, really struggle with happiness. I have struggled with depression for a very long time in my life. And I think I've convinced myself that it's circumstantial. Uh, when I leave this apartment and I get into that new apartment, I'm gonna feel better. When I move from PEI and I move to Halifax, I'm gonna feel better. Whenever I quit this job and working for people and start my own business and like become an entrepreneur, I'm gonna feel better. And frankly, that is just not true. And we all know that. It's harder to kind of like believe that in the moment. But yeah, if you have a chronic issue that is just repetitive for you it's been over the years just take a step back and look at it and really dig deep and figure out what the root cause of this is and I hate to break it to you but it's probably going to stem from something from your own
1: yeah your own I control. know I caught myself saying that if I just made more money I'd be happier because I'd have more opportunities to do this or if I just had a house or a dog or a boyfriend
0: or lost 15 pounds I'm gonna xyz and well why do you think celebrities aren't the happiest people in the world why are millionaires not the happiest people in the world yeah you can have otherwise they would be if they had everything right
1: yeah you can have all the things in the world and still feel you can be surrounded by a million people and still feel alone you all the money in the world and still feel empty and poor in other ways and they say some of the most happy people are farmers mm. um and some of the most unhappy people are like doctors and lawyers exactly and you look from an external point of view and you see these law- lawyers and doctors have everything and farmers live these quiet you know humble lives and it's getting back to the root of like what we as a human being what are our basic needs mm-hmm. what are we created on this life for yeah. if we can fulfill those basic needs we can find something that actually is reflective of of our own beliefs and desires and and goals in a way that's realistic and supportive of who we want to be in our future and conducive to loving ourselves and others. And you're golden guys. Yeah. It sounds easy. (laughs) You
0: know, all the other stuff we said, but yeah.
1: Anyway. Um, yeah, that was great. Love that last quote.
0: Yeah. No, I think that one was definitely a heavy one. We know that this is a heavy topic. We know that this is not easy. Like we said a couple times through this, we are both going through this right there with you guys so take what you need from this episode find the things that are like meaningful to you and start small pick one thing to kind of make a change for yourself and you know when you can stick to that then that's when you start kind of adding something else to it yeah
1: that's actually a great point is what we like to do to self-sabotage is we do all of the everything things at once.
0: once. Yeah. And or we get overwhelmed by the thought of everything yeah. that we don't even start the procrastination. Right? Yeah,
1: it's like the... For me, I, I tried to start like 75 hard, which is like a crazy workout <laughs> I tried to program. Do that one too. I that think I did that day. <laughs> yeah, and you realize like going... You're only gonna set yourself up for failure unless you are that type of person. Yeah. And that's totally fine. But like too. maybe
0: start with just one workout a day or going for a daily walk or yeah. something.
1: Or like instead of cutting out fifteen things from your diet, you just remove one. Just-
0: get rid of the pop. Replace.
1: Yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. You got to figure
0: out what, what are the biggest things for you? Like, look at yourself. This is where we said, like, get real and honest with yourself. Look at the biggest thing and start there. Start small, start there.
1: Yeah. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to offer up some. Yeah. So, uh, one last thing we wanted to do is because this episode was influenced by The Mountain Is You by Brianna Weist, I think. Is it Weist? Yeah. Oh, I said
0: West earlier. That's okay. Um,
1: a couple of other books that I've found that, helped me that I want to recommend to you guys so you know note this screenshot it screenshot it we'll, we'll post a, something on our Instagram I think about these books mm. um the book that actually started my healing oh, journey like that, that yeah. really just actually was it for me? I was. I remember listening to it. I was watching my ex-boyfriend play hockey—not ice hockey. It was like rollerblade ball hockey. And I was sitting in the stands by myself at like ten thirty at night. And I it was the first time I had downloaded Audible and listened to this book, um, "You Are a Badass: How to Stop Doting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life" by Jen Sincero. Mm,
0: that I have that one on Audible Started too.
1: my journey, and it really resonated and reflected where I was. Yeah. Um, and that was. In like 2018.
0: So if it still sticks with so me. sometimes yeah. you just need to hear someone, and that's why we made this podcast, right? Sometimes you just need to hear someone say the things that are already going on that in your brain that you're yourself. just not listening yeah. to.
1: So Jensen Cheryl, you're a badass. Um <laughs> Elizabeth Lesser broken open is really good. I've never heard of that one. Uh Sarah Knight's Calm the Fuck Down. I listened to that on an airplane, which was quite funny because I was like, damn, I am needing to calm the fuck down. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andrea Owen, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit. (laughs) Um, And then basically anything by Gabby Bernstein, Mel Robbins, or Brene Brown. Um, I specifically picked women for this. I do have a couple of of other books here on the floor, actually in front of us, uh, a couple male authors here. Um, but I'm going to just stick with these ones for now. Uh, so if we'll post a post with these. Um, we'll offer up a cu- couple other ones. Uh, maybe Liv will have some that helped change her life and we'll share it with you guys um, on Instagram so you can screenshot it and find those books. Uh, if you want to talk to us about them too, we are always welcome. Maybe yeah. start a book club, like we were saying. That'd be fun. Um, I would totally do that. And yeah, I am sure we'll pick books in the future to to reflect on and half episodes mm-hmm. on, uh, themes pertaining to those things. And, uh, yeah, we can't wait to share more with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, thanks so much for being here guys and taking the time to listen. If you listen to this full episode, we appreciate it. Um, spending this hour with you, this hour and a half with you. Um, we hope you tune in in two weeks from now, like Liv said. <laughs> um as always follow us on catch chats and coffee check live out um live Bryantton with two n's on her instagram alexandria s underscore xo on mine yeah. uh, connect with us we want to hear from you absolutely we love, love you it. guys
0: love you so much thanks for being here guys and happy thursday happy thursday bye bye